You are now listening to Out of the Blank. People, I'm just going to come on and start talking and I'm here and like, ah, I should have had something to start with. It's, it's okay. It's going to be fun. So everybody, this is Julie. Um, <laughs> she, Julie, what do you do? I am a meditation leader at the minute. It's kind of what I'm focusing on at the moment. I run a holistic shop in Ballyclare, which is a wee small farmy town in uh, Northern Ireland. So it's a really like kind of rural village, has about 20 churches in it. So me moving my holistic new age kind of spiritual shop there was quite a bit of rebellion. <laughs> it's a big um, thing too. Holistic healing has become pretty popular just with the amount of people that are getting sick and tired of taking a pill as a form of being able to be fixed. I mean, alternative forms, obviously, when it comes to like, I have a aunt that was on my podcast a long time ago. She was a spiritualist. Now I'm open to all ideas. Yoga is the hardest thing for me to get into. So I'm hoping through this podcast, you can sway me to kind of interest it more because recently I found out I've been dealing with this health issue for a very long time. And I figured out that a lot of the stuff to cure it is going to have to be forms of exercises and types of yoga poses. <laughs> uh, it's this thing called neurogenic bowel, which is a problem with your spine. And right. uh, so she's sending me all these exercises and things trying to help me to get my muscles to relax and being able to like, you know, get my body back into function mode. And I'm sitting there trying to do one of these poses and I'm like, I can't help but just think about not trying to fart, not trying to, you know, it's like you're, I'm tackling it like I, like I don't believe it at all, which is, it's hard. So I'm hoping you can maybe talk to me a little bit more and kind of yeah. educate me on it. Why are you so skeptical about yoga though? What is it that's like would make any resistance? I think it's just the amount of sitting still. I probably never in my entire life have ever sat still. I've always tapped a foot, have always done, but just mm. with stretching and stuff to me was like, nah. Mm. Now yoga is the one where it's like all doing all these mad poses and stuff. Meditation would be more the sitting still part of it. Yoga is really, yoga is really good. Like it is like a challenge. I've tried to do like the meditation, like, you know, like that you see in like the movies or something where someone goes, um, like um, I've, I've legit yeah. <laughs> tried that for like a long yeah. time. And I, I just, I couldn't, I, I kept thinking too much. I was always like, yeah. I wonder why a ladybug has spots on it. And then like, <laughs> it, it was hard for me to get, I guess, aligned with my inner self. Yeah. So the common misconception that meditation is sitting still and going, oh my, I knew you were going to say that as soon as you put the hands up. <laughs> Um, and again, as well, people think that meditation is just stopping your thoughts entirely, and that's why that's where a lot of people fall down. It's impossible to stop your thoughts. You can't you can't possibly stop thinking. What the goal of it is um, is to really control your thoughts. And but you know, if you're if you're thinking like day to day basis, your mind is splitting from one thing to the next to the next to the next. Like you say, I wonder why ladybug has spots. Why would it need spots? What color do the spots have to be? Why, you know, that's the way your mind works. It's jumping for, we call it monkey mind because it's like a monkey swinging from one branch to the next. Um, and it's really all about learning how to tame the monkey. You know what I mean? I find um, doing a lot of things helps me be able to focus a little bit more like uh i'm an insomniac so when i don't sleep which is most of the time i just try and find a new outlet for my hands if i'm writing mm -hmm. if i'm drawing if i'm making something doing a podcast or something i try and be as productive as possible and yeah when it comes to meditation or yoga it seems like everything's about slowing down and doing these you know pulling out a yoga mat immediately and i'm like yeah. would another form of meditation just be something that you're super interested in and it truly i guess grabs a hold of your uh, attention for a while because i feel like in a podcast is like my meditation state a forum where i can just have a conversation with somebody and see where it goes yeah yeah um there are different forms of meditation that aren't just sitting still and trying to keep your mind calm i mean you can do walking meditations you can do meditations where you're staring at something um like the, you'll see like you ever see buddhists sitting to do the wee sand paintings and it's really really intricate pictures those pictures that they make are called yantras and they are like actually staring at those as a form of meditation as well. Um, if you're finding it hard to just, oh, sorry, <laughs> finding it hard to sit still um, and be calm, a good way to kind of 
keep your mind focused in meditation is to actually give it a lot to think about. The point is you're telling it what to do rather than you sitting and being run by your mind. So in my classes, I would teach people to use breath counting. Um, you can also use like a sign in colors to different parts of the breath. So you can make it really, really complicated like it. And it seems a bit counterproductive to give your mind a lot to think about meditation because people think the whole point is to just relax. Well, there's like two, there's two, there's two ways people tackle it, right? It's like one person thinks that they have to buy all these supplements or buy all these types of expensive objects just to be able to get into that form of meditation. And there's yeah. the types of people that like to visualize it such as like spiritual energy. Um, like Reiki is a little bit like that with the type of a chakra or energy colors such as orange, blue, green, mm. purple. And I hear that that one sounds interesting to me, but I'm like, a form of meditation from what I've heard is that every single skill, every single activity, everything that we're all interested in, it seems like is somebody's form of meditation, whether it's drawing, comic books, mm -hmm. um, writing sort of music. That, yeah. yeah. It just yeah. seems like there's been a couple of them that have been in the spotlight for a very long time, such as music being a form of meditation when it comes yeah, to relaxation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's about what it does to your brain waves as well. You know, so if you get into like this, like calm, like hyper concentrated state, um that helps you you know that that is like the gamma brain wave is like over like 40 hertz that's one of the highest kind of you know waves of brain waves and that's whenever you're like kind of still very active but you're able to problem solve quicker and you just kind of seem to be in this flow that would be more like that kind of active meditation that you're talking about you know um reiki you mentioned reiki that's that's one thing i do as well whenever the shop is open i take clients and um give reiki treatments I'm really missing the shop at the minute with a lockdown, to be honest. <laughs> it's really hard not to see people. Um, but Reiki is amazing as well. It's, it's like all about bringing down the universal energy for healing and bringing it directing it into this person's body. And it's it's really, really interesting. Like, the more experienced I've become, the more I'm able to pick up on really strange things that like shock me. You know, like when I first started into it, I was kind of thinking, I'll help me heal people, you know, I'll just put my hands here and we'll be, you know, you get trained to do it and stuff, but I didn't expect quite so much um, that I would pick up from people. Like I was, I had my hands over somebody one day and I kept thinking of like this tartan pattern. And I says, why am I, why said to him, like, why do I keep thinking about tartan? And he says, Mike, he literally came into me asking for help with grief, with grief. Um, didn't really say much more so I was working on different parts said tartan and he says oh my god the guy who's just died was my granddad or my my daddy and he always wore tartan on special occasions he says it was green and blue and he says yeah it was green and blue for my granddad so I was just like oh my god so it's like kind of bringing in this other kind of realm of awareness for me as well the reiki it's, it's crazy and then as much as I believe in reiki energy and as much as I know about it I still don't like it because my mom's a reiki practitioner and yeah. a master Reiki practitioner, I guess is what she likes to go by. She'll probably get mad if I mess that up, but I just look <laughs> at it like every time you've tried to do your energy healings has been in the middle of me trying to cook like a biscuit out of the microwave or trying to boil something. <laughs> I'm like, this is the worst time to have somebody's hands hovering over you at this moment. <laughs> but that's a mom thing though. Yeah. She'd pick up with something's annoying and she'd be like, I want to fix it. Well, that's the whole thing is like, we can, I think people, when you become like an empath or when you become very in touch with your emotions, like I've been known to be uh, empathic just from being able to sense emotions that people give off, be able to steer mm. a conversation a certain way, depending mm. on what someone's interested in. And it's all about the energies we give off. I think in throughout, at least my knowledge of just kind of, watching and really observing a lot that goes on in the world is that we're all kind of really really super connected by like an, uh, an invisible string i would say and it seems like if somebody's yeah. one string gets tugged it messes up everybody's and i also think mm. that when somebody runs into a store for example and they're all pissed off and angry because they don't have thin mints on the shelf or something <laughs> their anger is going to display out into the world, which is going to project into a lot of people. And a lot of people are going to internalize that and then eventually start walking around all pissed off. And people are going to be like, why are you pissed off? It's like, I don't know. Everybody is. Yeah. Just and you get pissed off and you don't even know why. Yeah. Yeah. And the same token, you can be happy and spread the smile and everybody will be happy and they don't know why. It can go both ways. <laughs> but why is it so much easier to be angry than happy? Good question. That's a deep one. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I I'm going to yeah. give myself a pat on the back for that one. Yeah, that's a good question. Like it's, I don't know, anger kind of takes over you, whereas happiness is like an active thing that you need to make sure you're maintaining. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, 
<clears throat> it's easier to be dragged down than it is to bring yourself up because yeah yeah it's think, easier to get dragged think, down but you know if you're well do you think that's what it means when they say like happiness is like if you find happiness in life stick with it it's because it's so hard to keep that if you actually truly have it then that means that you're you found your spot in the world basically because it seems like it's so easy just to get pissed off and angry i mean i can walk out of this room and just be pissed off but trying to keep a straight face and happy face even though there's so much out there that i know that's happening at once is mm. just so much weighing on you i mean that's why they always say ignorance is bliss because you're not yeah. aware of all these <laughs> problems that are going around you but also i think it's weird because in contrary knowledge is power so it's like if you mm. what's 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 the answer here yeah do you sacrifice your happiness for knowledge or do you just then <laughs> you know stay in that state of I, I don't know what's going on in the world that's yeah i think that's like a lot of what's been going on at the minute has awakened a lot of people do you know what i mean to what how how um bad the whole system was before you know, and everybody can find a different way to live and to be. And I think it's because people need to make the extra effort to be happy and rise above all the seemingly awful things happening in the world. You know, there's only so much that we can control. And I think I whatever people, people get angry when they can't control things, you know. I look at it like um, getting stoned or something like for the first time, like I don't do it anymore. But when I used to like it showed me a whole perception on life, I had no idea was even there. Like uh, looking yeah. at detail a little bit more. I call it like an inner self-reflection or self-correctness about oneself. Um, when I, you know, when I would get so baked out of my mind, you have to focus on trying to breathe because you didn't know if your lungs were working or not. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would I would correct myself all the time. I would be sitting like, oh, my posture, it's got to be straight. I got to be sitting straight up like this. I got to be doing yeah. this. And if I'm drinking like a soda or something, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right inside my body. Maybe I shouldn't be having it. Maybe I should switch to a water. And it's like all these self awareness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it's think not that's exactly a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's going on now, though. You're seeing a lot of people with the COVID situation. We're starting to notice that the world is completely we're isolated from each other. Even before this even happened, we now we're physically isolated. Before we were mentally and emotionally isolated from each other, which made mm -hmm. it very difficult. Because when you're emotionally and first of all mentally isolated from people around you, you're not connected anymore. You're not connected to this earth. You're not connected to oh the freaking trees are making noises with the wind like <laughs> you're, you don't see any of that all you hear is car noises gas phone goes off all these types of things and it completely yeah. is a, not a way you want to live life ever not natural no it's not and you don't realize that until it's it's been taken away like it doesn't it's like whenever you know we have like you know the extractor fan and the oven yeah, it's like whenever you just switch that off and you realize how lovely it is for things to be quiet again, you know, if it's been on for so long, that's what this is like. We moved up to the countryside um, just before lockdown, actually. Um, and there's a there's a motorway just at the bottom of our driveway. So it was all this sort of like white noise in the background with the cars going back and forth. Um, but now that like there's nobody really on the roads anymore, it's just so silent and we're getting to hear all the birds. Not like it was really noisy before, but like you said, you're hearing the birds, you're hearing the, the, the sheep in the field beside us, you know, it's really pretty. That's why I think the one place I want to end up living is like out in the countryside somewhere away from people. Even though I talk to mm -hmm. them every day, I just don't. I, I'm not a big, I like my self-isolation. I like being alone a lot of my times. It keep, gives me a lot of time to think and self, you know, analyze myself a little bit too. But if you go out into the world today, I've talked about it a way back in the day when this used to be brought up all the time was about society and technology and where it's going uh, before COVID especially hit. Now we're starting to realize that like phones are very, very bad. I mean, they connect us apparently, but really we don't spend any of that time connecting. We rely mm -hmm. on this thing called false connectivity, which is like, um, you know, you, you like somebody's Facebook post just because you see their name. Like, I remember I had a good conversation with that person and then you just like it and then scroll through. But it's like, did yeah. you read that person? Did you see what that post said? That post said that person was going through a major depression. They just lost a house, lost a kid, lost a wife. Mm -hmm. And you're not paying attention to that. You know, it's the same thing when you go out into public, how many times do you just say, Hey, how's it going? And you walk by somebody, you don't actually yeah. sit there and listen for an answer. Hmm. Yeah, it's, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's like this, in Northern Ireland, we we all say hi to each other and stuff. Like it, it's it's a normal thing for us to walk by and say hi, but nobody really stops and says, you know, continues the conversation. You're right. But now when we've been out walking, I passed an old neighbour and I had I would never stop and have such a long conversation with her before. 
but it did obviously social distancing but we did and it was just really nice to feel that genuine human connection I it's, think going to, it's, it's going to be really lovely when we can actually be closer to each other again i think if everybody's taken it for granted honestly i hope um yeah, i hope it does but i don't think it's going to happen like you think just because like i've had no. a near i've had a few near-death experiences and it always lasts two weeks after um one of those experiences happens i'm like oh my god life is great life is grand like you're <laughs> just walking around like wanting to hug everybody and love everybody but like the thing is we don't it's like the main quote. I can't believe I'm thinking like this, but uh, the whole fact is you never know what you have until it's gone. Now we're being told we can't be near each other. We can't do all these things. And our minds are like, mm -hmm. well, I want to be near that person now. You know, before you would have been like, good, yeah. keep, them, keep them arm's distance away. I don't want that person <laughs> yeah. anywhere near me. Yeah, now we're learning to appreciate life, yeah. <laughs> Are you are you living by yourself for the minute in your lockdown? Or I you, live with that Reiki person I was telling you before. Well, that moment. <laughs> so well, at I least mean, you're not by yourself. Yeah, it's it's nice though because I definitely think like when all this started happening was a lot of people were 100% stay inside the house, but I knew it wouldn't last long just because we all have this deep down connection that we want to connect with people, even though we've been feeding off like the little tiny sliver of that by being just coming across somebody in a store and just seeing a face is enough to get us through to the next day. Yeah, but absolutely. that deep connection that we used to all get back in the day, like from a family member or a friend where you talk to them and like, you're good for weeks. You're not depressed. You're like, Whoa, like you actually listen to me for like 30 minutes. And they're like, yeah, yeah. man, I care yeah. about you. And when that hits you, your heart felt like someone gave you a hug for your soul. But nowadays <laughs> we're like, did you see what uh, <clears throat> Jim posted up on Twitter? What did he post? He said his life sucks and his job sucks. Well, let me retweet that. <laughs> next thing you know, like you get a retweet. You're like, oh, people love me. Then the next day it's all gone is because we're not mm -hmm. having that deep, that bonfire connection, the one where you're sitting down with a friend or a loved one. You're like, let's drink some beers. Let's talk yeah. and see where it goes. <laughs> do you think it'll go back to that awesome connection right away? Or do you think you mentioned it to two weeks after your near-death experience? Do you think it'll just be like that? It'll, the novel deal wore off after two weeks? I definitely think after a few weeks, maybe a lot longer just because of how impactful this one is. I definitely think mm. there's going to be people that aren't going to go back to normal. But there's mm. going to be people that are business like yesterday. I mean, today was the first day my town opened up and people were in the stores without masks. People were from out of town that were coming in here. Everyone's it's a whole local versus tourist type thing, kind of anger vibe going on because some mm. people are taking it serious and some people aren't. I just look at it like people are going to do what they want to do, sadly. Um, so you can't force anybody to wear a mask if they don't want to wear a mask. You can just not mm. let them in the store. but if you are that afraid of it, stay home. If you're not, then go out and do your thing. Um, yeah. The world has got to change for somebody else's mistake that all this happened and everybody had to shut down. But if we don't spend this time now fixing or doing something in our life that maybe we've been neglecting for a long time, like shit, like how many times you just roll out of bed and like, I don't feel like shaving that today. And then you end up walking <laughs> out like, yeah. This gives you perfect time to read a book. You know? Just do it. Yeah, exactly. Make exactly. some hot chocolate. I heard that is the most tasking thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, me and the kids, we've learned to bake different types of bread, which I always thought was really, really hard. Before bread was like that really hard thing, but now we're, we're mastered it. <laughs> What yeah. do you try and show um, when you're teaching meditation or you're trying to do your holistic healings? What do you try and focus on? It seems like every coach or every uh, practitioner has their own style. Mm. I grew up with my mom with like she had quite serious depression after her third child and that was when I was probably just hit my teenage years so I always kind of struggled and she was quite absent for the whole support me as a teenager thing because she was had her own struggles obviously and then I think just as I grew up I just tried to look for natural ways to help heal her do you know what I mean because she was taking the tablets it didn't seem to be helping her much to connect with people um and I think in a, in a way it's just kind of grown that direction it's been to but it started off with crystals I was fascinated with crystals and how like one thing can help you with with one and this is going to help you with blah blah and then it just kind of snowballed into me helping me with my patients with my daughter and then like now I guess now my slant is definitely mental health and helping people with stress and anxiety anxiety is a huge one actually 
the thing people come to me the most with in my shop is panic attacks which how is does, how does it help with anxiety though like the the chris you're saying the crystals help crystals work on a really 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 subtle vibrational level so if you're if everyone has like a different crystalline structure it's probably going to sound like mumbo jumbo to you if you're not into it um they all have like their own kind of vibrational like thumb print if you know what i mean you know they yeah. all have this so whenever you, whenever you're holding one your body kind of naturally tries to align with with that vibration and that wee vibration that's given off has an effect on different parts of your body so if they say this one's going to help your anxiety it's going to help release some sort of hormone in the brain to make you feel like you're less anxious or if you're going to have one that's going to help with energy it'll help you feel you know it's going to it's going to vibrate in a particular way that'll make you feel like you want to go and do something you know kind of like my lucky um my lucky socks do that yeah like <laughs> some people yeah if people are like oh it's a placebo but to me it's like well if it's a placebo and it works then then just that's better than a pill yeah that's better than a I have anxiety. I used to, as a kid, I used to have to take like a little, uh, uh like Pepto-Bismol tablet just to be able mm -hmm. to go into school. So I didn't have stomach pain or if I wasn't, you know, it was, it was a giant thing. And then eventually I just like forgot to use them. I just went like a whole week without doing it. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not bringing these. And my dad's like, you don't need them anymore because you thought so much about it that you needed it. So you psychologically put it in your brain. And I was like, that's weird. And then I came across my cousin and this is the funniest version of that I've ever heard. He needed a cigarette to poop. Okay. So he'd be like, I got, I haven't gone in a couple of days, bro. I got to smoke a cigarette. I'm like, dude, what do you, it, that's not how it works, man. And he goes, dude, it is. Walks outside, takes one puff of his cigarette, runs up the house like he's going to crap his pants and runs right into the bathroom. He's in there for like 45 minutes. Oh and, um, my God. it took him forever to get out of that. I just talked to him recently and this was months ago when, um, he was dealing with this thing and I was like, you haven't had a cigarette in a while. Have you? He goes, you know what, man? He goes, I went, started going without it. And then now, like recently I hadn't gone in a couple of days and I thought maybe smoking it would bring it back up. Nothing, dude. It d doesn't work for me anymore. I'm like, it's hmm. weird to see how our brains grow yeah. and kind of make these you rely on different things. Yeah. yeah. That's strange. The the meditation is see if you look into the the scientific side of meditation it is it's fucking mad like it changes see if you were to do half an hour meditating for eight weeks it actually changes your brain structure you know the way there's different parts of your brain that do different things so it actually increases the surface area of your brain you know the way there's all the wrinkles in your brain yeah it gives more wee wrinkles in your brain and folds it up more and that helps you retain more memories it helps you be more calm. And it actually helps shrink the area of your brain that's responsible for stress and anxiety, the amygdala, you know, the small bit at the back. It actually makes it smaller. <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Go and look it up if you don't believe me. Oh, no, so I believe many. you. I'm trying to think because I think I, I like a form of meditation for me in that way would be like when I'm um, when I can't sleep, I'm staring up at my ceiling and just really mm -hmm. trying to focus in on like my inner thoughts, like trying to think I'll just shift through memories. Like it feels like I have a photographic memory. I can pull out little bits yeah. and pieces and I could walk you through every single house I've ever lived in since I was a toddler. Like I've done it to <laughs> people in my family before. Like, how do you know that? I'm like, specific memories. I can remember the smell. I can remember the weather. I'm like, it was 72 mm. degrees and it was partly cloudy. Like I can be like <laughs> dead on with it. And I think it's just because I sit there and I think about these things in my head and I use it now too. When I'm walking out in the world, I try and make sure I'm paying attention to every single detail. Yeah. That's mindfulness. Little... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, you've I... been doing mindfulness is from a very young age, which is why you remember all those things. <laughs> I like it, man. Yeah. It's but fun the, the because you can sit there. To change and... your brain. It needs to be like a, a half an hour committed meditation practice every day you know for you to have that effect but um but no i'm not detracting from your mindfulness either <laughs> well what do you typically like if you were going to try and teach me maybe some beginner ways to try and get into a form of meditation or at least be open to it because like i said i'm open to everything even though it's going to be hard for me to get into that state of trying to focus on and do it but i got i got a garage i got time tonight i got nothing it's, <laughs> it's supposed to rain tonight i that's one oh, of my when you're hemmed in that's one of my favorite things is when I'm sitting in the garage, I'll just lay down there with the lights off on like a yoga mat and just listen yeah. to the rain picker patter. The rain against the sounds garage. lovely. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you want to start meditation, do something really simple. Um, make sure, right. So you you need to get your posture, right? But you don't need to sit with your legs around the back here or anything. Just sit with your, your back nice and straight. And that helps your lungs expand as much as possible. So you're able to breathe 
and use all of your lungs. Like in a, we, in a normal waking life, we only use like the top two thirds of the lungs and the whole bottom third never gets used. So that's a, whole, that's a whole extra third that we can fill our bodies with oxygen, you know? So even that in itself feels good. So if you're having your back straight, sit with your eyes closed and just take breath in through your nose. And you're going to just bring your attention to the nostrils. And then focus on how the air coming in the nostrils feels cold. And so fill your lungs. Focus and then, a lot on the breathing aspect of it. Absolutely. So cold air in and then think about the warm air coming out. And you'll notice that your mind will drift on the other things. And th this is where you get, this is where you can like flex your mental muscle. You just need to keep bringing your thoughts back to that cold air in, warmer out. It kind of feels like you're going in through like a tunnel and it's like fading. Like you're like, if you're, if you're going reverse down a tunnel and you're like just where the light is and you're just slowly starting it all seem like it's kind of fading back, like it's getting farther yeah. and farther away. Is that like maybe your brain kind of focusing and kind of, getting into its own state of being you would say i mean it's pretty it's i, I know it might sound like i'm like entertaining no. you or something but I'm no really no no it's not you sound like a very visual it. person so maybe that's yeah. just what your brain switches to whenever this kind of thing needs to be done you know some people are very visual some people are very like to do with their their hearing because i mean people look at me and and they immediately think like oh 22 year old kid is probably like oh yeah i know everything i know all this and like my aunt was like that too when she was trying to tell me she was a spiritualist and telling me all these forms of how she like lights candles and does seances and goes onto the beach with a wand and tries to get into a form of meditation for anybody that is my age would hear that a normal person wouldn't laugh but for me yeah. i said <laughs> i have like, to what yeah, I, I said I have to, I can't knock it before I try it. So I decided to yeah. go out onto the beach with her at five o'clock in the morning and do yoga with her meditation. And not nice. that it was for me. I told her I understood where she was coming from because of the fact is it's a, it's a sense of peace. It's a sense of about finding, first of all, I find peace in my surroundings. When I start mm. being involved in nature and taking a minute, I mean, I sat on my porch the other day on the front step. No phone, nothing for four hours, just with a little cup of coffee, just sitting there listening to the trees. It was 70 degrees yeah. out. I was like, I even like it when it's a little bit chilly too. One of my favorite poems of all time, Robert Hayden Frost. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Kofor, what's the poem? Um, it's Those Winter Sundays. I don't think I have heard of it, no. He talks about like... He basically describes in words of like somebody that is like uh, the, one of these moments I had when I was a kid when I'm laying in bed and I'm looking up at like it's a like a fresh winter day, but the the, the cold blue of the room from the snow outside and the cracks of, that are literally on the glass of frost. And when I read that, I was like, I pictured that moment. And I mean, that that gave me goosebumps. I mean, I was I was aroused. I was like, that's what's up, because that is, I think where I could get into my state of being because I spent a lot of time camping. I mean, I spent a lot of time as a little kid always outside running around with trees mm -hmm. and sticks, lighting things on fire. And like now, like I always get a sense of peace of that. Like for my comfort zone would be walking out into like the nature and being surrounded. Like I live in the, I live by the ocean. So when I walk outside, it's a fresh yeah, air of salt water and it smells right. amazing. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, very grounded in nature, like you seem to have been your whole life too. Like meditation, does it doesn't have to be for everybody. You know, if you're happy to sit outside and that be satisfying for you, then by all means, you know, meditation is great for helping you discover who you are on the inside and helping you rise above kind of your ego and like your selfish needs of every day and to help you rise above the general suffering that we put ourselves through as humans, you know. So what do you typically? You find, well, what do you What do you typically find as your comfort zone? I feel like I've spouted out mine. I feel selfish. My comfort zone in meditation. Do you mean, or just in general? In general, or just in meditation, depends on which one you like to talk about the most. <laughs> My happy place is definitely the sea. Definitely the sea. I mean, in Northern Ireland, like we're only like about an hour away from any coast, so it's a very small wee place. Like, so we're about. 15 minutes away from the beach and it's just brilliant like when the lockdown happened we were just so like busting to get out and the first place I wanted to go was the sea and you know the second like you get your bare feet on the sand it just has this instant like oh here we are it just feels like coming back home or something you know that nice kind of comfort yeah 
you could stand in the sea and just like plant your feet down and dig your feet into the sand a wee bit and just stand in the water and just feel it in between your toes and stuff too Mm -hmm. i think that like a lot like i mean i had a rough kind of go through the education system when i was a kid just because of a lot of like back then they didn't know how to deal with somebody with adhd it was simple mm-hmm. just to toss them out of the room. And I'm looking at like all these schools now that are focusing on nutrition being a problem with the kids' energy levels. And also like maybe give them a fruit uh, or something, a healthy snack, instead of giving him like a sugar or a chocolate milk so he's not jumping mm-hmm. around when he goes to class. <clears throat> and um, yep. I look at now they're also doing things with stress and anger instead of putting them in isolation or putting them in like ISS is what they call it. Um, yeah forms of medication because those things just make them so much worse so they? exactly like that's just so counterproductive using forms of meditation to be able to get these kids that are supposed to be known as a problem in the classroom to be able to yeah. relax i'm like maybe instead of taking field trips to a theater or taking field trips to these types of things take them on a field trip to the beach i mean let them yeah. sit there and feel the sand in between their toes let them relax and have fun build a sandcastle i watched my little (laughs) nephew who is um being homeschooled right now by my uh, brother's fiance who's a teacher and the things that kid can do at his age at the age of like three or four he's already doing stuff that i'm looking at i'm like i couldn't even find fucking waldo like (laughs) he's going nuts and he's he's so connected and everything and it's it's amazing to see it's beautiful yeah, the change. And like, I see so many, like, I have other little nephews that are like playing with a tablet all day. I'm like, why mm. is he so much more connected? Like he wants to go reading time. And I'm like, reading time, what? And he runs into his room. He sits there on the bed waiting for you to come and he's tapping on the bed. Like, come on, come we're going <laughs> to read a book. I'm like, well, I don't know how to read. You read it to me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a different kettle of fish nowadays like I was actually a childminder before I opened my shop <laughs> and that was one of the things we there's a forest just on the hill in front of my house so we went up to the forest all the time we were going to the beach all the time going down to the river and just throwing stuff in the river do you know it's, it's nature is definitely the way to go you ever hear the Montessori skills actually the um they're a whole different approach it's like over here, you got like the, the public school, I guess, and then Montessori schools are like three thousand pounds a term, or I don't know, is it semester with you guys? And they're like really, really expensive, so nobody can really afford to go unless you're very, very well off, obviously. But they, their whole approach is like child-led education, and it seems to work really well for them. You know, they don't force them through this curriculum and say, right, sit down at the age of four or five, and you know sit still all day and learn how to write with something that makes your hands feel sore but these guys let the children explore their own like they obviously put all the tools out there for them that they should be learning but they don't force them they just kind of put it out as play and it's like right okay go play and then whenever the child is going drawn to one particular thing they elaborate on that and it's all like all their toys are nature-based and it's all sand it's all muck it's all like wooden beads and wooden toys and natural fibers and things so like they they do really really well for their kids those Montessori schools if I had to ask you a really kind of deep question when it comes to if you had to choose one of your senses to lose which one would it be because Mm. that one for me is I have the answer that everyone chooses to lose and that's the one thing I cherish the most which is my sense of touch your sense of touch I would lose taste you would Okay, I'm with you on that one. I'd rather lose like the sense of taste or something because the sense of touch, like a lot of people are like, I'd rather lose that because, you know, I I don't really need it. I'm like, that is your, that's your eyes, basically. Like you're being able to feel detail in things. I couldn't imagine not being able to, like right now as I'm talking to you, I think this table is mahogany. I keep saying it's mahogany. feels like a birch but like I like just feeling the detail like there's knife marks from where my buddy was bored one time and he was getting deep on my podcast and he's just carving into the table um trying to distract himself as well and I'm like you know putting my rubbing my hands across that and feeling the detail on my fingerprints and then rubbing your fingertips together to feel the you know the nice crisp sound of it too I mean yeah that all feels really well it helps me get connected sometimes because I mean I feel like like most people we spend a lot of our times in our heads. We mm. don't have a chance to get out and focus on what's going on around us. I mean, you're driving yeah. and you're thinking about a million different things at once and you can do that on autopilot because 
when you've drove the same roads over and over and over again, it's so easy for you just go yeah. up in your head. I mean, I did it all yeah. through my school years. I think schools need to talk to kids and tell them, what do you want to learn? And if a kid goes Scooby-Doo yeah. or something like that, well, get them into crime investigating, get them into something that is a hint exactly. of what they want exactly. to learn. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The sense, um, the sense that I would lose, yeah, would definitely be TS. And I think like a lot of people don't really be present in their bodies. That's, that's probably why that they're always getting all this, like, you know, hard times with their mental health because they do spend too much time up here and not enough time in the world and in their own bodies. And that's why the, the breath is so good to use in meditation as well, because it's a tangible thing we have access to every single day around the clock. You know, and it's one thing that makes you feel good. You can use it anytime. And it's um, again, it's like your sense of is it your sense of touch, your sense of feeling? It's like, yeah, it's a sensation, it's a feeling of like taking a deep breath just feels awesome, you know. You definitely wouldn't want to lose your touch. And when it comes to like using your healing or maybe using some of your teachings around your kids too, how influenced are you to them with this type of talk and this type of kind of way of living as well? I feel like as a parent and you come across this thing that is basically a healing purpose, it's basically something to correct yourself. I mean, if I would have had this type of meditation or these types of understandings or teachings when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have such a giant problem with being overwhelmed nowadays. I mean, when mm. I, I always make sure all my work is done, um, always make sure I'm ahead of the game on everything, make sure I'm never behind. And if I get behind mm. and I, stuff starts getting shoved in my face, if a million different things happens at once, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I start freaking <laughs> out. I start getting angry real yeah. quick. That's and when it's you need like, to meditate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You feel like you don't have enough time, then that's definitely when you need to meditate. Yeah. You know, when it's like if you're, if you're a regular meditator as well, things seem to have just you'd be able to do things quicker because your mind is able to organize everything and you're able to do them because they're better organized in your head. Um, the kids are very, very tuned into it as well. I mean, um, I started meditating because I was losing my patience too much with my daughter, she was about three or four at the time, and it just felt really bad and really guilty for snapping all the time. She's ginger, um, you know, like the way Irish gingers, and she's really feisty and like off back and you know she's a real strong weak head like so she was a shock to my system whenever she started getting old enough to talk back so <laughs> I started meditating and she did come to quite a lot of the the courses with me like the courses that I used to go on were there was always somebody there that was taking care of all the kids so she used to come with me and it was all the other mummies and daddies were meditating while somebody was taking them away to play so she was always very aware of meditation and and she became old enough to send her on a week course herself for meditating. And it's not like she uses it. It's not like she's a real like little Zen child. But, you know, she, if she's having a tough day and we say, right, brace, she knows exactly what to do. You know, she's so, and yeah, well, she's never getting angry. She's getting pissed off. She's tired, but just can breathe, right? Just calm yourself down. Um, my son, he's only three. Actually, he's four now. And he's very... He's just a big bundle of energy too. I don't think I've never really needed to introduce him to anything just yet, but he's very aware of all the crystals around the house and that he's not to just play with them like rocks and throw them around. And he knows that they're special. And, you know, mummy does a lot of meditation, but he hasn't been introduced to it as in how to use it just yet, but he probably will as he goes older. You just said one of the most important things <laughs> I kind of want to talk about, which is the fact that you said that losing your patience with some of your kids as well. Um, I, I feel that way if I became a dad at one point, like I see so many kids, um, you know, freak out in a store. And I look at back when I was a child, I was hell on wheels. I mean, I don't know how I told my dad so many times, like, I don't know how you didn't drown me or something like, good God, man. <laughs> like, terrible. I did insane things. I was just, I mean, 24 seven, no sleep, just run around punching holes in walls, doing the craziest thing, trying to throw mm. toys everywhere. And he goes, you just, you just had to grow into yourself. And I was like, but how did you know that was going to happen? Like, cause I look at myself now at the age I'm at, and if I'm going to have kids eventually down the road, I look at like, I see the kids that freak out in the store. And the first thing I want to do is just like, put them in a hot car, put them in, do something, get out of it. Like, <laughs> and people are like, oh, it's different when it's your kid. And I'm like, I get that. But the patience that goes into that. And I know so many of my friends that are, had kids in their twenties and they're mm. drowning in it. I'm like, you didn't have it figured out. You weren't ready for this. No, and I had Amber when I was 
20 as well. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult thing. How did you like, so you turn to meditation to be able to fix that and first of all, calm yourself down and find really the answer to things. Yeah. I knew that it, um, it was my partner at the time. He had just said, why don't you just try meditation? And I went, I did on meditation. What are you on about? And then I kind of was like mocked. And he says, no, just try. He says, do five minute one. Sit down, get YouTube up, put one on for five minutes. And I think I was just hooked, you know. I kind of really seen the potential in the whole thing. Um, and definitely as you work your way through, whenever you start meditation, it is a real journey. You know, it's not just immediately like, right, I'm going to start meditating for patients. And then two weeks later, you're, you're not your patient with everybody. You know, it's not, it doesn't happen like that. It's a journey. Because as you go, you start to uncover like, this is why I'm impatient because I automatically think this and I assume that things are going to be like this. You learn all these things that you've you've been ingrained with whenever you've been growing up. You know, you learn all these things that have been taught to you and you've buried underneath and that's part of your subconscious. And you start to dig out all the bits that you don't like and you learn how to reconnect. Sorry. You learn how to correct them again. You know, and that's that's what that's about. And the patience, the the calmness, all is just like a what's the word, like a side effect of it, you know? What would you say would be the hardest thing just with starting meditation? And first of all, even teaching it too, what would you say the hardest thing would be um, either that you've seen in a client or one thing you've had to overcome with yourself? Um, well, just like you said, you know, people saying that they can't stop thinking and they can't stop, they can't train themselves to bring their thoughts back to the, the meditation focus. And also physical kind of, restlessness as well with me the main thing was falling asleep I couldn't stop falling asleep at the, at the very start because I was I had the kids I was so tired you know just getting on and off but it's the restlessness people you know get pins and needles in their feet or they're just constantly shuffling about get itchy here want to sneeze um I once sat through a whole meditation trying not to sneeze for about half an hour and I didn't <laughs> so what would you say the most brand. beneficial thing is then? Like the one thing you've taught or have you seen people really hooked to through your teachings? Like, have you really shown anybody a different side of things? Like you've already shown me at least give it a try, if anything. You know, yeah, at least absolutely. Just give try. it a chance. And I feel like a yeah. lot of people in this world that come to you wanting to learn yoga, wanting to learn meditation, what do you typically see the change in them be? The change, it just, it really just depends on the person. You know, some people come with, with the big mental health issues and some come wanting to go really deep on a deep spiritual level. And you get ones that, that's just the breakthroughs I love seeing, you know, people do it for a while. And just like I said, they start to uncover, oh my God, I've just realized this about myself and I realized that this is what I need to fix. Um, and it's that, yeah. It's, even when people do their first meditation with me, I love whenever they come out and they have this real peaceful look on their face and they're like, oh, I've never sat so still or oh my mind's never been so quiet for years and that's the most peace I've ever felt and it's a lovely feeling to be able to bring that to people and to say right I've set it off now they're going to go and help themselves and then helping themselves then they're going to be making the world a better place I think that's what my whole thing is about I was I, I grew up listening to a lot of Michael Jackson <laughs> you know I healed the world <laughs> so I think that's what I have in my head, you know, from growing up, I just want to make the world a better place, genuinely. So that's whenever I see people going out and doing that, and that's just rewarding for me. I think it's a lot about paying forward in the world too. I mean, if we mm. look at um, doing a good act and hopefully somebody returns that favor, I'll never forget going up to like, it was when I was a kid, a McDonald's drive through and someone had paid it forward. So my meal was free. So I just did it to the person Aww. behind me. And it's, it's interesting to think that it kept on going, even though it probably stopped at the next person, but it's that ripple effect. I mean, if, yeah. if that, if bad energy can cause that, then what can good energy cause? Good energy. Exactly. Just like we were saying earlier about people being angry and people being happy. Um, yeah. yeah. My dog scratching the door there. He wants to come out and talk <laughs> meditation too. We want to and he lie behind me. Um, yeah, that's that's what I mean. You know, if you if you start to work on yourself and you can find that um find more peace in yourself, then you're when even like we talked about in the beginning with uh COVID and everything, what do you think um are your predictions for what's gonna happen once everything is kind of open back up when you know businesses are finally back in stores, when people mm. are able to, you know, go back to work again and be able to kind of live, I guess what you would call almost 
the new normal, I would say. I hate using that word because it makes it seem like it's never going to be back to the way it was, which I think eventually yeah. it will be. I kind of hope it doesn't doesn't go back to the way it was. I really don't because I think a lot of people were very selfish before they were spending money on really stupid things. Like I have found I've been able to regrow. This sounds so silly, but the fact that I've been able to regrow spring onions in my windowsill, I've just been like, what the fuck else am I wasting money on? Like bread? <laughs> you know what I mean? People are, are they're kind of taking a step back as in they're relying more on themselves and learning more about what they can do. And hopefully that'll reduce all this consumerist kind of attitude on people. I really, really hope that's what will happen. Yeah, it starts to get a little bit weird when you're going and you're praying to God that the only reason businesses come back is so you can go to home goods instead of, um, you know, hanging out with friends again or being able like I I noticed so many people on Facebook talking about I can't wait to drink. I can't wait to building their own bars at their house or something. Mm. I'm like that's a problem when that becomes your main source of fun it's also fun just Absolutely. to have you know be around your family and friends so many people i mean did you notice the numbers of yeah, domestic the wholesome stuff yeah, yeah back to. the domestic violence that was way up because of all these people that are starting to realize i i hate you like with their, their with their person that's sitting beside them and i'm like you guys this is the best time to self-analyze and figure out what you want to do with your life. It helped me get my shit together. I mean, I'm like sitting over here, like, mm. oh, I'll just keep podcasting and working Absolutely. and podcasting and working. Now I'm like, what do I want out of life? Do I want to travel? Yeah, let's go. And with this. Exactly. I think health, it's because yeah, people yeah. have had to stop. Yeah. People stopped their jobs, but they're still getting money. So on that kind of thing, that's been taken care of. So now they are left to be like, okay, what am I good at? What do I want to do? It's like, it's a kind of a part, obviously the, the, the disease and the virus and people dying is the, is the bad thing. But for people who are removed from it all, it's, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because we do have this sudden freedom to explore our own passions and our own, our own desires, you know? So it's, it's about making the best of it. I think we all started off in a lot of fear. And then after a while, we're kind of like, oh, actually, this, this could be a good thing, you know? I, I noticed um, um, I, I, had this, I had this one thing about me for like the longest time. Um, I'm a fitness freak. I've gone to the gym every day for going mm -hmm. on uh, seven years now. Uh, I haven't <laughs> missed a day at all. But when COVID hit and gyms shut down, I had to forcibly make my own home oh, gym no. by buying equipment and stuff. And this that, this is what kept my demons out. I thought... This is all I had, and I was going to be consistent at one thing. I was never going to give up. I still can work out with my home equipment, like a bench press and all that type of stuff. But I've also noticed yeah, it's that – It's not the same, though. Yeah, there's – but it's given me a form of clarity, too. Like, the main reason why I never really traveled a lot was because I didn't want to miss a gym session. Now I'm looking at it like I have a life to fucking live, and it's not – it the confinements of your gym exactly. it's yeah. not that's not forever man and especially with like the information i found out the other day with like my spinal injury mm -hmm. and all this type of stuff i'm like let's go explore let's start living a life and realize I, I i'm looking back at like all my years from when i graduated and i was like they were fun but i don't remember what i did nothing significant to me you know what I mean? Nothing important. And I think that's what a lot of people mm -hmm. are going to be experiencing now is that like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. I've been working for 30 something years and I missed out on big chances in my life. I think more people are going to travel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I plan on going to Ireland. That sounds like an amazing place. Yay. <laughs> it is so beautiful. It is beautiful. I actually was sitting the other night thinking I would like to see more of Ireland. Like we would go camping in the summers if we didn't have any foreign holidays planned and it's it's fantastic i'm trying to chase to down all the the celtic kind of goddess that's like the one thing i'm super interested in is like the ancient religion behind that like the celtics and all that yeah i yeah it's it's weird because christianity kind of wiped out a lot of the original celtic religion like all the celtic gods and goddesses and through my holistic stuff, that's been kind of reawakening in me as well. Like a lot of things that I am involved in and I'm selling, like, you know, people, you know, this whole cultural misappropriation thing about like if you're selling Native American white sage, for example, they're like, oh, that's misappropriation. So it's made me kind of step back and take a look. Like, you know, even my dreadlocks sometimes I'm like, is it, is it not? But then I look back, there was dreadlocks in my own Celtic roots as well you know so yeah. but that that whole 
cultural thing has made me say, right, I need to take a look at what my own cultural heritage heritage is because there's it's such a rich history. Um, like uh, Bridget, St. Bridget is now, she was a really big goddess back in the day with the Celtic, you know, the Celtic religions and traditions, but she was so loved that the Christians, the Christianity religion still took her on into the Catholic religion too. So they, they assimilated a goddess from another religion just because the people loved her so much. So it's it's a powerful thing, the, the heritage here. So I think it's really worth exploring. There's like trails that you can go on around Northern Ireland, or not, not Northern Ireland, Ireland um, where you go to like the different sites of where these goddesses were praised in their different wee temples or where their temple ruins were and things like that. So I think it sounds really interesting. Like I'm 32 and I still haven't really explored much of my own heritage and that's, that kind of sucks. So I need to get I, it done. <laughs> I want to go down there just to be able to play bagpipes. I know that sounds a little bit selfish, but that's like the one thing I'm really interested in. And I don't know if that's okay, Ireland wow. or bagpipes. Is that Ireland or Scotland? Am I getting confused? Bagpipes, that's Scottish. That's Scotland. Oh my God. Although there is somebody near me that plays the bagpipes. I knew it. It's the area. It's the it's the weather. It's whenever you get that misty kind of feeling <laughs> is when you gotta pull out bagpipes. I don't know. I I that's the one thing I think of whenever anybody ever says Ireland or Scotland. Also, if you say Canada, I immediately also think Italy for some reason, even though I know they're nowhere close. I was saying with like Canada and Italy, I always get them mixed up or something just because I'm not very geographical and knowing a, a lot of these places but i think it's interesting too to see that uh when covid's definitely over or, or at least when we get back to a state a lot of people are going to travel and start getting these experiences i think it's not about cultural heritage really i think it's a lot about whoever's open to it and wants to try and go into it and does it in the right way without the right it. way yeah yeah that's it as long as you're honoring those kind of traditions the original traditions yeah yeah I think that's very important. And I really appreciate you, Julie, coming out and doing the podcast, giving me uh, at least a good amount of your time to be able to uh, have a conversation on this subject as well. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now, do you want to promote your Instagram? I want to give you here a second if you want to promote your Instagram oh, and yeah, your yeah. teaching sites. Okay. So I have a virtual meditation membership program that's running at the minute. And you can find details of that on the harmonyhubni.co.uk. Um, or you can contact me on Instagram at the Harmony Hippie. Or if you're on Facebook, you can look up the Harmony Hub NI. The Harmony Hub is the name of the shop that I run. So just you can search that. Um, the meditation program has three online classes a week. And you'll get a personalized meditation plan with me. You'll have a coaching call and then I'll give you a plan. And even record any specific meditations for you if you want can also be part of a virtual full moon circle with all the other members and you will receive distance reiki healing once a month okay? so there's quite a lot in it it's only 20 pounds so i can't think of what that is in dollars sorry <laughs> um so it's, it's quite good value for money so get in touch if you fancy signing up and learning how to meditate now do you want to sign us off yeah <laughs> okay thank you for joining me <laughs> have a nice night and be nice to each other